Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. From the Liquor Barn Studios, it's time for the V Show, right here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Bobby V. Happy birthday to you. Oh, wait a minute. It's not your birthday, it's my birthday. <laughs> so, happy my birthday to you. So, go ahead and get yourself a nice gift. You deserve it. You know what? Get yourself something nice. Celebrate the, my birthday day. Glad, glad, you're, glad I'm able to spend it with some of my dearest and closest friends here on the radio. So, glad that uh, you're able to uh, to spend some time to carve some time out for us. We are going to be with you, I think, tomorrow and not Wednesday. I think that's the schedule because um, this is my 68th trip around the, the sun. So, it's my 67th birthday. And... Um, and so, as such, you need to get a little rest now and again. And I've been on an airplane every day for the last, like, five days. And we'll continue today as we leave for Clemson. And then, of course, the delightful 9 o'clock away game, which means we won't get back till God knows, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, probably. And I realize it's a noon show. But still, you, the minute you get in the door, you don't just fall asleep. So, uh, it's a tiring time. And so, I'm going to take either tomorrow or Wednesday off. And I believe the schedule says I'll do the show from... South Carolina tomorrow, and then I won't be with you on Wednesday. And I don't know how much that matters to you, but that's uh, <laughs> that's what our what our plan is going to be. Um, interesting that in my way of thinking, yesterday, Saturday, yesterday and Saturday, when you put them together, have two vivid examples of um, where metrics plays in. And I'll give, give you an example of what I mean. And as somebody, I love numbers. And I love metrics, and I love, you know, the analytics part of it. I, it's fun. We do it all the time on the show. We, you, you know, we're always quoting the Sagarin ratings and Ken Palm, and all those things are rooted. And right now with sports betting, there's, there's, you know, even more emphasis on analytics. And it's fun besides that. I mean, it's just, it's enjoyable to me. But having said that, it's like pizza, too. I love pizza, but I don't want to eat it nine times a day. And if you just are concerned with analytics, you miss things. Cases in point, why I say why Louisville's basketball game and the Lions game are joined. And you can say, what the hell do they have to do with each other? Well, here's the thing. You get a, a look at Louisville taking on Virginia on Saturday. And the I'm analytics here. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. The analytics say that... Um, it's not one of Virginia's stronger teams for Tony. They, especially on the road, 
They really struggle on the road. Whether you like it or not, it's almost amazing. Louisville's offense has been pretty good to this point in the season. Undefeated North Carolina, the only two teams they've given up 70 points to in ACC play are Louisville and uh, Florida State. Two. And they're 9-0 in the league. They don't get. They, they gave up 41 points in the first half to Florida State Saturday, and still didn't give up more than 70. I think they held them to 68. Okay, so if you look at that, you say, "Well, here's a." Ch-. And, and Paul Rogers said, "I have a lot of respect for Paul. You know, he's seen a few things." And we we did Fast Break Friday, and he made the case, and it was kind of like, "Yeah, all right, I get it. it makes sense." That he said, "I don't know. I think they're going to have a good chance in this one because, um, you know, it's not one of Virginia's strongest teams, and they have been able to score the basketball, and." Um, because of the way that Virginia plays, if they, you know, Louisville continues to play offense the way they're playing it, you know, the, the numbers say they should be in there able at least to mix it up. Forgetting that it's not just analytics. It is uh, a- a- analysis that lies outside just hard and cold numbers. Here's what I mean. We forgot one very important thing, that the Louisville basically is kind of a one-trick pony right now when it comes to offense. It's drive the basketball, drive the ball, drive the ball. And they do make some shots, but they make it off of the ability to drive the ball. That's what Kenny's emphasized from the, the first day he got here. That's what they do. They try and drive the basketball. What is the one thing, Virginia, even when they don't have their best teams, what is the one thing they don't allow you to do? Ooh, I know, Drive the I know. Basketball. Drive the basketball. <laughs> I mean, even with marginal, and this is not marginal talent. I mean, they still have good players, but you know what I mean. They don't have Brogdon and guys in the NBA. They have, uh, you know, by, by relative standards, not their strongest team. But they still, you you know, it's it's uh, prevent the drive or die. That they should have a flag. That's what it should say. And so you can't drive it. They scored, they scored 13 points in the first half. I was stunned at that. Our, the game I did, I had the Florida State-Carolina game started at 2. So, you know, we're doing a lot of prep work. And so I said, well, let me just check in on the phone, see how things are going back in the Ville. And I looked at the halftime score, and I was dumbfounded. And But then I thought, you know what? If you think about it, forget, put the analytics aside, put everything else aside. It, you know, and they say in horse racing, pace makes the race. So style makes, you know, the matchup. And this was a very bad style for Louisville to have to play against. You know, they are very limited offensively. And the one thing that they do is drive the ball, and they can't drive the ball against Virginia. And so they got embarrassed. I mean, it's just that simple. Well, it's kind of the same deal in the NFL. I get, and I I admire him for doing it. Uh, Dan Campbell is a guy that goes by metrics. And the, the, the thing about metrics is they are predicated on, well, in the big picture, if you do this over the course of a season, it's going to work to your advantage. The problem is it's not always a, you know, uh, in this particular instance, that's why it's not just, a, a, you know, taking computer printouts and, and makes you a successful coach. You have to have a feel for what's going on. And that was with a team that is not experienced in playing in the postseason that's the danger in doing something like that yeah if you you know it's it's the it's the dusty baker syndrome dusty's as good an august 12th manager as there is because he manages spectacularly for the big picture but it took him a long time in the postseason because i don't think he was great at okay well just like that's what joe torrey was great at joe torrey for the course of the season, understood the best way the Yankees were going to be able to win games is to make sure that Mariano Rivera pitched the ninth inning, period. That's it. 
But take a look how many times in the postseason he pitched the eighth inning also and sometimes got the last out of the seventh inning because it was about let's win today. And that's what and and that's what Dan Campbell I think lost sight of. Easy for me to say. I've never coached football, but man, oh man, you you got them on the ropes. You can't give them a chance. A team that has had experience to to you know in the postseason to get a little bit of uh, of, of hope, a little bit of um, a glimmer of hope. And man, oh man, they they just you know fourth down especially when they had an opportunity, obviously, for some field goals. I mean, they had fourth and two on the 28-yard line with 7.03 left in the third quarter. That's that's kick a field goal, man. Um, and, and that one is actually kind of 50-50. Even if you went by analytics, by the way, I don't know if you know this, the decision to go for it gave you a 90.5% chance to win. If you attempt the field goal, it was 903 right, so you can't even say, well, the number, like one of them, the analytics would have said you have an 80% chance to win, and one said it drops to 40. Then you say, all right, well, God, I really don't like it. You, you still may do it. Sometimes you got to fly in the face of analytics given the situation. And that was... Uh, Absolutely, the two of them were very slight advantages. If you had a thousand games that you stuck in the computer, then you got a situation where, all right, it may play out that way. For example, the the the, the other one was uh, fourth and three, San Francisco thirty yard line, seven thirty eight in the fourth quarter, thirty nine percent to thirty eight percent. If you go for it, but. You know, you, you you gotta look at what's going on right there. You gotta look at the the anatomy of the game. That's a term my brother coined and I love it and I've never heard anybody else use it, but it's it's the truth. Every game has its own body. And and because of that, it's you can't always, especially especially in the postseason where it's survive and advance. Sometimes you got to trust your your gut. If you do that too much, I don't think it's good either. I'll, I'll get you know how much I'm a baseball historian. The, um, the 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 walking proof of that was uh, the guy who won more championships with the Yankees than any manager they had, Casey Stengel, and he was a gut guy. He went with his gut, and sometimes it paid off. He he took a guy and pitched him in the seventh game of the World Series. Everybody was stunned at, and the guy pitched a masterpiece for him and won. That was in the fifties. Well, in the nineteen sixties. I think he overthought it. The Yankees had one of the most dominant pitchers in baseball, a guy named Whitey Ford, and they played in the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's the World Series where they, without exaggeration, they outscored the Pirates in seven games, something like 40 to 17, and they lost the World Series. And part of the argument was he, again, I think he overthought it. He had one of the best pitchers in the game, Whitey Ford. If he starts him, you don't have to be a big baseball fan to understand this. If you start that guy in game one, he can pitch three times if it goes seven games. He can pitch game one, game four, and game seven. Well, he's a, he was a left-handed pitcher, and he wanted to save him for Yankee Stadium because it's a much more forgiving park for a left-handed pitcher than a right-handed pitcher. But, you know, Forbes Field was a gigantic stadium, too. There was no reason not to start one of the best pitchers in baseball for three games. Instead, he didn't start him in game one. And so when it got to game seven, they didn't have him. And they wound up losing game seven by like a softball score. It was like 11-10 or something. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And, yeah, and the Yankee players were pissed. I mean, I, I mean, to the point where till the day they died, they, they talked about, like, what the hell was he doing? But so that was a gut. Now, that's why I say, all right, well, sometimes, 
you know, your gut goes too far. But in this case, I mean, if you're watching that game, it's getting wobbly. You need some points on the board. You need something to settle your stomach. You need to have a little bread, you know, and then they didn't take any of it. And and he went for it so much during the regular season by far more than anybody else in the in the in the league that's fine for a 17 game regular season on a survive and advance when you're the, the game the season's hanging in the balance you're on the road you've got a team that never has been in this situation before maybe you take the points and maybe you, you, you you're trying to extend your lead or, or or at least get back on the rails after you had them uh absolutely dead to rights i mean i thought the game was over to be honest with you well, I mean, and that's not particularly surprising. It's the it's the biggest comeback, I think, right? Isn't it the biggest conference championship game comeback at halftime? I think it is. So, um, and of course, you know, we always talk about Lamar, but poor Teddy. It's his last game. He would have had a chance to wrap his career up in the Super Bowl. And um, and he didn't get to do that. And I, I just, I, you just say to yourself, you've got to coach to the situation, especially in postseason, rather than just be married to analytics and coaches like that for two reasons one it's a it's a security blanket for them it's like all right well i know in this situation this is what we're going to do and the players appreciate it because they have some expectation you know and it also gives them a cover when the see when the game ends they ask what the hell did you do that for you say well you know this is what we do here's what the analytics say and this is what we do and so um you know, I get it, but man, it's just, it was hard to watch that when every decision seemingly not only blew up in their face, completely swung the momentum back to the 49ers. It's, and, and now, now I don't want to sound like a hypocrite because what's the definition on the show we use all the time about choking? It's when you, because of the enormity of the situation, you do something. That yeah, you, you don't, don't trust your stuff. Don't trust your stuff. You don't, you don't do what you normally would do. And what they would normally do in that situation is go for it. But they aren't normally in the NFC Championship game nursing a lead. You know, that's not where they normally are. And so you, sometimes you got to say oh, yeah, there's a yeah but in that situation. And, and that is, you know, you could see it. I hate to say it because uh, do you have it, by the way? I mean, it's kind of harsh and it makes me sad because we love Lamar. But do you hear Stephen A just jump him? I did not, but I can track that down. It's right on the front page of ESPN.com. It is about two minutes long. Stephen A, Lamar was a choke job, he says. And... Um, they do choke a little, and I'll tell you what I mean by that in a second. But maybe you want to hear this first, and then we'll elaborate on that. So, Give me 15, um, seconds. 15 seconds. 15 seconds. 15 seconds. It's a 15-second timeout. So, um, we. I mean, and again, in fairness, in fairness, you got to tip your hat to the teams that won. I mean, they didn't just, you know, it wasn't like they just had the game handed to them. The Chiefs played like the champions they are when they needed to, and uh, especially defensively. And the 49ers, oh, even oh, I said the 49ers rung a, a bell with one of the dogs, evidently. Must be a big 49er fan. So they, they you know, Brock Purdy uh, answered the bell a bit. But um, so I got some thoughts on uh, this as well as when we hear from Stephen A., which... If you can't find, I can find Ladies here. and gentlemen, with all due respect, it was a here choke job. Let's just call it what it is. What is the definition of a choke job, Shannon and D.O.? It's doing what you always do, what you're accustomed to doing until the moment arrives, and then you don't. That 
is the epitome. That is the definition of what we're talking about here. We're going to see final numbers right here, okay? 20 or 37, 54% completion, 272 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, obviously one interception and one lost fumble with the sack, and we get all of that. He was sacked four times, rushed for about 54 yards. That's what we'll talk about. What we won't say enough about is that you came out looking tight. What we won't talk enough about are the overthrows, the underthrows, you know, getting key passes swatted at the line of scrimmage. We won't talk about that. We won't, even with the bomb that he hit uh, Zay Flowers with on the trick play. I mean, that's a touchdown if Zay Flowers doesn't have to wait for the football. And how did that end up costing you? Because a couple of plays later, you hit Zay Flowers for a touchdown, but he fumbles right before he gets to the goal line. And obviously, that's not on Lamar Jackson. But again, you had him wide open, and he waited all day, every day for the ball to land in his arms because he was wide open and was waiting for the ball and you were a bit late getting it to him. We see all of these different things and you know who you're going up against. It wasn't C.J. Stroud, a rookie. Okay, this was Patrick Mahomes, a two-time Super Bowl champion, universally recognized as arguably the greatest ever until yesterday where we're going to say he's the greatest ever. You knew you were going against that dude. You were the number one seed. He was coming into your house, and you knew that you were going to have to play on an elite level in order to knock him off. Baltimore's defense showed up. First two drives, Kansas City set the tone. We get all of that. And they looked like they were running all, they were, they were going to run them out of the building. Okay? But then they got their bearings under them, and that defense played lights out and held them the three points the rest of the game. And your offense couldn't answer the call. Don't get me started with immature plays, roughing the passer, excessive, all of this, all of this stuff that they found themselves in. Taunting Zay Flowers on the taunting, on, on, on the way, where he had to wait all day for the pass. Taunting's just, a, just he's a rookie. We understand it. I think that kid's going to be a star. It was a weak call, but and I hated the fact that the call was made in that moment, but nevertheless, you knew it was possible. That's why you don't do something like that. We can point to coaching with that. We can point to a rookie mistake. We can point to immaturity, but in the end, the face of this franchise is Lamar Jackson. That, I, the, the last part's preposterous. I was watching the game in a Texas Roadhouse eating dinner. I was jumped over the bar. Zay Flowers was just pissing me the hell off. And that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, he's a rookie. Okay, all that, all the things you want to explain away. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure how Harbaugh factors into that other than you want to defend a kid. But the fact is, that's what you get with a team who's not used to being there. I'm not talking about they got to get a touchdown and jog off the field and flip the ball to the referee like, like the old coaches used to say, well, act like you've been there. You don't have to do that. But you got to have some sense of what the situation is. And, you know, he pushed him. All right. Might have, if he just walked away, he might have got away with that. But then he stood over. I mean, either don't have the rule or you got to call it. And that's not Harbaugh's fault. It's not Lamar's fault. It's nobody's fault other than the kids. It was stupid. And you got to know, even as a rookie, you got to know better than that. All right. But even if you want to give him a pass on that, which I don't. I don't understand. I swear if I got to be a head coach in the NFL or anywhere, the first thing I'd talk about is, hey, guys, we get near the goal line, stop sticking the ball out, okay? For every one time you get a touchdown on that, we lose the ball five. I mean, it was second down. They would have had a third and goal from, what, the six-inch line if he just holds on to it? Instead, he sticks it away from his body, and what happens? Gets knocked away, goes in the end zone, touchback. That was maybe the turning point of the game. They still would have been behind, but they had all the momentum at that point. 
And that is a team. That is, he's right. It's a choke, but it's not just Lamar's choke. I mean, the pass he threw, the last interception was a foolish pass. It had some elements of panic on it. It did. I love Lamar, but he wasn't at his best there either. But the choke is the taunting the guy, which is so stupid. The fumbling on the six-inch line. Now, if it's fourth down and you either get in or you lose the ball, sure. I don't care. Stick it out as far as you possibly can. you got nothing to lose. But... I don't be on the mixtape, I'm quite sure, but but the fact is that was a second down. And it took all the momentum away. It's just that's stupid. It's stupid football. They played like a team that hadn't been there before. And I, I'm good for Dan Campbell that he's committed to his principles, but he coached like a guy who's been in this game before because that was the time to bring out uh, uh, Mariano Rivera for two-inning save. I mean, uh, you, you, that's the way it is. Uh, normally, we only have him pitch one inning, but in this situation, we're going to bring him out there and get six outs. We're going to kick this field goal and try and get a little bit of momentum back instead of having them just whack the crap out of us for the entire third quarter. And then you paid the price. So... Um, the only thing I will say on a happy note, Nick, is um, our guy, uh, um, uh, Knuckles Greenberg, Neil, he said his one best bet of the game was um, yep. the under. For which receiver was it again? Um, I, uh, Kittle. Kittle. Yeah, Kittle. Yeah. Under 60. I wasn't even close. He got 27. So that was a comfortable win. So that was good. So we had one winner there. So thank you to, to uh, Mr. Greenberg for that. We appreciate that. So uh, that was good. But... Uh, um, oh, and I had a perfect. How about this? Where's Paul Rogers when I need him? Perfect five and zero week in our little contest. Huh? That's what I'm talking about. Cause and I'm Not yes, bad. I'm gloat. A, it's my birthday. B, I've been getting my ass kicked for the last month and a half. <laughs> there's that. There's that. So I was five and zero. He was two and three. I've now taken the lead. I was down two, and now I'm up one. Ha <laughs> ha. So I did not win with the Lions, but they covered seven and a half. So we got a win there. And then the, all the other games uh, had Iowa State over Kansas. It was a good day. Uh, had Duke, which there's some bad news because um, that was a tough, tough call on Clemson, needless to say. Uh, Joe Gerard almost, I thought he was going to get thrown out of school. He lost his, did you see that? Lost his mind at the end. I did not, I did not see that. I heard something about it, but I never saw it. Oh, they called the foul on the last second play, and Duke got to go to the line and made two free throws. Then they threw the ball length of the court and thought their guy got knocked over and didn't get a call, and um, they lose by one. So you're going to get a pretty good Clemson team very, very pissed off for against the Louisville team coming to town with absolutely zero momentum. No momentum whatsoever. So, um, look, I mean, we, we are where we are. I think everybody is just kind of resign themselves to the fact you got to get through the year and then I don't know what will happen. I really don't know what will happen at that point, but I do know that um, there isn't very much. I mean, we'll look at every game individually and if they manage to win one or two or whatever, you, you take it as a celebration like the Pistons won the other night. You see that? The Pistons can win. Anybody can win. <laughs> That's t- terrible to say, but... Impossible is nothing. There is Exactly. So, I mean, so if they can get a win, somebody steps up and has an incredible game. But I, I will be candid. It, it's a very... And again, I was out of town. So if there's more... Uh, um, clarity on any of these things I'm about to bring up, let me apologize in advance. Take the preemptive strike. But 
every time I'm away and I go read and see something, there's something where I scratch my head and go, what? Now, there never seems to be just normalcy with the team. Like, I mean, it's not a pleasant thing, but normal teams, guys get thrown off the team. They get thrown off the team. You get out. You know, we threw Joe, Joe Schmo off the team. He's gone. Or they get hurt, and they say, you know, well, he's projected to be out for, I don't know, a few weeks. We'll see what it is. These guys all have undisclosed injuries. They're all day-to-day. They all leave, and we don't know why. We don't know if they're coming back. What is Hersey's deal now? An undisclosed, what was that about? Did we get, and I don't want to be rude, because maybe it's something like, oh, what are you talking, you didn't hear about it? There was a terrible tragedy in his family. All right, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know. That's why I'm saying. But it's never... Where I just read it, and and the verbiage is always very vague, and and does very little to to answer any question you have about which are legitimate questions. It's not like we're being nosy. It's not like trying to be obnoxious. Just want to know, hey, where's 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 the Joe Schmo? Well, he's not here because, and here's why. But no, it's this guy. Nobody, you know, the one kid's never in trouble. But he's not on the team. He's thrown off, and then he's on campus, and he's not supposed to be on campus. And it's just—it's just—it's been really not only not very good basketball. It's just been very, very chaotic. How about that? Is that a good choice of words? Would you say? I think it's been more chaotic than um, it needs to be, and that's unfortunate. I think that's a fair choice of words, right? I mean. You know, you guys, you don't know why they're hurt. You don't know why they're out. You don't know why they're leaving. You don't know if they're coming back. You don't know why the guy's not in trouble, but he's thrown off the team. And then he comes out with a press release. You come out with a press release. He says, that's not true. And then you have to counter. I mean, it's just, I, I don't, very, very, uh, it's disappointing. Okay. It's not, I'm not angry. I'm not pointing fingers. It's just very, very disappointing. And And I guess you could say that, well, you're one of the guys. You should be in there digging. But I'm not an investigative reporter, and I don't want to be. I'm not poking around the dorms trying to find, why, why isn't so-and-so here? Jump out of a bush. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> it's just not, it's not. How did you sound like a pig? I don't know why. I don't know. I just, that was the, the caricature that came in my head for one of those ambushing reporters. <laughs> hey, come here, come here. You know, just, I don't know, just strikes me as very unpleasant. I want to be a game analyst. I want to analyze the game, and... And that's fine. But, um, uh, you know, I, so if you say, well, you should know what's going on. I can't say I should know. But I believe me, I don't know. And I'm closer than a lot of people. I have no idea what the hell's going on with guys coming and going and why they're here, why they're not. And it's just, it's 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 really a shame. And I don't know, are they going to win another game? I mean, it gets, it gets easier. This is the brutal part of the schedule. And they certainly didn't need that. I mean, uh, you know, this is this is kind of like the 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 last leg of the of the murderer's row, right? I mean, uh, it's they had Duke and Carolina and you know Wake on the road, and oh my gosh, um, it's been it's been brutal. It uh, does it get easier? Let's go take a fast look, shall we? Oh, Florida State's pretty damn good, by the way. So that's not going to be fun. They come in here Saturday. Then you go to Syracuse, who's playing better than people thought. Syracuse away from home. Yowza. Then they get Georgia Tech home. They go to Boston College. They go to Pittsburgh. They get Notre Dame here. In that, that's probably their best four-game stretch. To And then after they go to Duke, maybe Syracuse coming here, Virginia Tech coming here, and Boston College coming here. That's, you know, that's uh, if they could somehow get to the point where you say, okay, they've improved. They're playing at a higher level, and they're staying at that level. But they don't do that. 
they don't you know you'll, you'll see a stretch of a game at Miami or maybe a half or a half of a half um, and they just don't ever maintain it there so it's hard to get all that optimistic but we'll be there and as long as they let us Paul and I telling you what's going on and trying to tell you why is certain things are going on that's uh, about all we can do so we'll see what happens going forward from here I, I don't know they are you know they are extremely they are legitimately have a lot of youth on this team they're not very deep they don't have an abundance of anything they don't have an abundance of size they don't have an abundance of shooters they don't have an abundance of defenders they don't have an abundance of rebounders i mean so there's no place to really hang your hat uh, they just have to play with a very small margin for error and that's not trying to take a knock at the kids you know uh, we, we we said we stuck it in the computer for those of you who weren't with us last week we had this year's team play against last year's team and this year's team in a best of seven series won four games to two by an average margin of eight and you know what Again, his analytics, but I think that's about right. I think they're about eight points better than last year. But the fact is, as I said, on a scale of 1 to 100, if last year's team played at a 20 and this year's team's playing now at a 40, the rest of the league is playing at a 75 to 100. I mean, and so you're still light years behind everybody. And there's a lot of work to to be done if they're going to get competitive. So uh, we'll see uh, going on. By the way, did you did you get my text about uh, you know in our family basically it's like request a present. That's what you do. You say what would you like, and then you, you, you it's like we're all Amazon drivers for each other. So did you did you did you understand what yes. I sent you? Yes. Yes. Did you figure it out? Uh, not uh, yet, yet. But mm-hmm. that's that's only because I I saw it as I was on the air. Oh. So okay. yeah. 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 But yeah, I will have it, have it to you, you by the end of the, the day. Of the day. Oh, oh wow! How are you? Okay. That'd be well, no, because because all I got to do is download. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I got you a physical present too. I forgot you weren't coming into the studio today. Oh, so. I had so an interesting day. It. It's an interesting birthday. I got up and I was going to the local pharmacy to get my covid booster and an rsv vaccine which is very serious i understand when you get older so i said okay well you know i read up about it and it seems like it's a very useful thing to do so i said by golly i'll go get them so i went to the pharmacy i walked in and it's the little clinic i don't mention my mentioning their name um it was a cluster buck but nobody's real fault i got there and they said you want to get both of these i said yes they said well our insurance doesn't cover the RSV vaccine. It's like $300 if you pay out of your pocket. I said, yeah, it? They said, but if you go to the pharmacy at Kroger, they're part of Kroger, they will give you the vaccine. So I said, I said, but I don't, I don't, I don't, they don't take my insurance anymore. So I said, they used to, but they don't anymore. Now I get it filled at Walgreens. She said, well, they, they, they will still do it. I said, oh, okay. So I walked over and I said, I would like, they sent me from the little clinic to get COVID vaccine and get the RSV vaccine. And she shows in the computer and she says, no, we can't do that. So what do you mean? She said, we're not allowed to if you don't, if your prescription service isn't through us. I said, oh, okay. She said, I said, well, um, I said, well, they, they don't have the RSV vaccine over there, but I can still get the COVID booster. She said, yeah, you can still get that. So I go back. I'm like ping pong now. Now I'm back to the little clinic. And I said, okay, I'm here. Uh, I, we won't be able to do the RSV, but I'll take the COVID booster. She says, okay. And then she goes in the back, comes out and says, it's funny. You don't think of boosters as like, you know, cans of corn or stuff. But she's like, oh, we're out of them. We're out of stock. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, man. <laughs> We're getting a new shipment Thursday. I said, well, between now and Thursday, I will have gone to South Carolina and come back. So uh, I'll check when I get back in town. So got up nice, bright and early, got all excited and thought I was getting two vaccines. Then thought I was getting one vaccine and then got no vaccines. So I treated myself to a birthday breakfast at uh, First Watch since I was by my own little lonesome. And I walked in there and I, if you give them money, they give you breakfast. Oh, wow. A special birthday deal. Yeah. Yeah. It was a special birthday deal. I walked in and I said, it's my birthday. They said, great. If you give us money, we'll give you breakfast. I said, well, you can't beat that with a damn stick. So that's what I did. I had a delicious breakfast. I also have a, a, a client for Johnny Sales. He's got to go try and get them on. Because uh, I, you know, you know me, uh, it's ridiculous that I have to have fun in even the most mundane things. Um, um, and there is a uh, um, a dry cleaner over on Brownsville Road that is. Uh, I, I just love it because it's it's. it's I mean, it's. I just got. I only went in there one time, but you can go in there twenty four hours. A day, seven days a week, and get your clothes cleaned. How unbelievable is that? Holiday Green Cleaners, is that what it is? I don't know what their name is. Yeah, Holiday Green Cleaners. They have a 24-7 service. If you go during regular hours, they're manned. If you go after hours, but it's not too late, you can just go in, and then there's an incredible, I'll tell you how it works in a minute, and then you can get your clothes automatically or drop off your clothes automatically. And if it's late, where well, you might be worried about like security, they get you have a door code. You have your own personal door code and you can get in and you go in. And it is the coolest thing. I want to dry clean everything we have now. <laughs> Just dry cleaning dog everything. sweaters, everything. everything. Socks, sir. You don't really need to. No, it's just dry clean them. Fabulous. You go and, and there's, there's it's like if you envision a wall. On the left side is a glass panel. On the right side is a glass panel. And there's a video screen. And on the left side of the screen, you just enter your phone number. Or, you know, once you have a, an account there, you enter your phone number. And then there's those little bags with the drawstrings at the top. And you take a bag, and it's got a number tag attached to the bag. You put whatever clothes you want dry cleaned in that bag and pull the top. And then you enter the number onto the screen. And they're single-digit numbers, like, you know, eight or seven or whatever. And you put it in this chute that you would use, like, if you would given money to have you given dropping clothes off at like salvation or i mean at uh, goodwill or something and then you just make sure it goes in and then they have your clothes and then when your clothes are ready they text you and um i didn't do it on purpose but i'm glad i got there after hours so i get in and you go to the right side of the screen and you enter your phone number and then there's a little card where you you know you, you dip your card credit card and you do that pull it out and then it says hang on while we retrieve your order and then it's got one of those gigantic dry cleaning you know, power racks that I desperately want to give your mother because then she would have a place that she could manage her clothes and just take a whole room of the house and just put one of those in. It goes all the way around. It goes up to the ceiling. She wouldn't let me do it, but I so badly wanted to do that. But so you enter your phone number and that thing just goes. And you're watching the clothes zip by. And then when it comes to you, automatically it slides out. And then the panel closes in the back, so you couldn't just reach in and you know grab everybody else's clothes. <laughs> hey, while I'm here, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna grab that argyle sweater. Yeah, it's and it slides out, and you just take your clothes and you go on your way. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. So um, I got back late from the the game in in. Uh, in uh, Florida, and obviously they were closed. And I went, and I but I knew I had dry. Clothes. 
I wasn't even planning to go. And I was like, oh, my God, I can get this. And went in there and got it. And I was like, oh, this is the coolest. And they, they are very nice, by the way. They it's It would be, you know, it would suck if it, you said, well, it's a really cool gadget. But then your clothes come back and they're not clean and they're not pressed. And, they're, and they're, they, you know, this well, was not really very good. But they're good. Very good. So um, there's a lot of advertising there for them. And we need to get them on as a, as a, as a sponsor. Holiday Green Cleaners been open a long time they might say we've been open 25 years we don't need your chubby ass but uh, i would hope they wouldn't do that <laughs> i mean a simple no would have sufficed <laughs> yeah but they get the show they say we're not gonna advertise we get the show so we, we spoke to you in the in the tone that you would like so all right um whoops i hit the wrong button there did i well i almost cut you off the no air, you're still here not. you're still here Ooh, it was exciting very exciting there um will you be kind enough to send me whatever reads we have to do today uh, yes, I will do that. I will do that. And, um, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, I guess that, I guess the, the, the self-service kiosks are new this, so maybe they would want to advertise. Um, let's see. I'm just You're saying there's a chance. Yeah, it says here, um... Uh, pick up and drop off now available with our self-service kiosk. This is from four months ago. First-time customers download our app and sign up. Um... But I mean, now in fairness, they, they you know, there's like certain items like uh, rugs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, I wouldn't understand. You wouldn't be able to stick that in a in a little bag there. But it's ingenious. Whoever came up with it, I know. I know you're dreading the robots, but sometimes they get it right. Yeah, this, this. yeah until they turn us all into you know enslaved meat bags. Then yeah, no, they they do some cool stuff in the meantime. Holiday green cleaners are going to do that. That's my my impression is they won't. I don't believe that. Oh, not them, but others. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um, what are your thoughts? You got some thoughts on anything, or what? You know, you saw the games, you saw basketball, you saw the football matchups. We have, um, you know, those crazy kids might just make it. You know, they're so in love, she might just be able to come back. She's doing a concert like in Tokyo, and they're still going to be able to fly her back for the Super Bowl. I mean, that is devotion. She was down on the field with her boyfriend. It was adorable. Just rooting for those crazy kids. It is. It's so. it's adorable. It's, it's heartwarming and everything. But um, I'm so pissed off at the Super Bowl this year because I neither one of the teams that I wanted to win won. Uh, I was really disappointed that Baltimore lost the way they did with, I mean, kind of shooting themselves in the foot. And although Lamar, um, I think, has shed a little bit of that um, skin of that he can't win in the postseason. Uh, he can't now. The discussion is he can't win the big one, and uh, you know they had home field advantage. They had everything lined up for them, um, and they lost. And they, they, I think, I still think are the better team. I don't know why they didn't run the ball that much. They were airing it out way too, way too much, in my opinion. Um, talking about choke jobs, I mean that that wasn't entirely what they did all year. They had a nice balanced offense, and this is I'm going off of what more experts are saying. I'm not saying. I'm not no, saying I agree, that. I agree. I, I've heard the same things, and they make compelling arguments for that. I agree. Yeah, so there's that. Um, I don't know what it is. I just don't like the Chiefs. I just don't like them. I just don't like Patrick Mahomes. I don't really – I like Travis Kelsey. Um, I, I don't have any issue with ta- – Everyone. What? Didn't win. Uncle Travi won. You didn't win. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'm just I, I'm just annoyed with them. Um, and they've done nothing wrong. I realize that, that, that it's it's not them. It's me. But, um, yeah, I was really pissed off that Ravens didn't win. And I'll tell you why it's you. 
because you would have a case like there were times when you know, there's all sorts of high-profile players in the league that ran their mouths, and and they had some big games, but they also, you know, right in the throes of their their um, uh, you know high-profile nests, to make my own word up, they kind of were inconsequential. Kelsey was targeted ten times and caught the ball ten times in the first part of that game. I mean, he was their best weapon, arguably. So when the when the spotlight when the spotlight when the spotlight shone brightest, he didn't run and hide under the bed. I mean, he answered, I don't care who he was dating. He could be dating the entire Mormon Tabernacle Choir. The dude stepped up and got, got the job done. And um, that says something. Plus, I love his family. I love the fact his brother's there. Even though he plays for another team, that team is out, and he's rooting for his, his brother. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, I, I love the Kelseys, and I haven't soured on the whole Taylor Swift thing because I don't think it's necessarily her fault. I just think it's, it's the machine, and, you know, they... she's not the one asking to be put on camera every two seconds it's the broadcasters that are doing it so I don't have an issue with Taylor and Travis but I just I don't know like I I, I like Andy Reid and from what I've heard from our our, our friends you know we are the flagship our parent company is for uh, the Chiefs that Patrick Mahomes is a nice guy I just don't like rooting for them I don't know what it is like it's just one of those things I don't understand it's like the color yellow there's nothing wrong with the color yellow it's just not my favorite color and that's just how i am with the chiefs so i really wanted lamar and company to win maybe it's it's amplified by the fact that um you know they beat the team that i was rooting for he's like he reminds me of Sidney crosby a little bit he gets a he gets a favorable whistle a lot of times um and he's just he's a good player he's a great player and he just happens to you know ruin ruin things for me by beating teams that i cheer for that's what patrick mahomes is he does nothing wrong uh, besides maybe get a favorable whistle and he beats teams that i root for so so therefore he just he, he annoys me that said on the other side of the ball uh, or the other other conference, I was rooting desperately for the Detroit Lions, and I was so disappointed with how that ended. Um, I mean, and I feel I feel I feel responsible because you had just landed, and I got on the phone with you, and I said, "Are you watching this NFC game?" It's like the Lions are kicking their ass. Lions are kicking the 49ers' ass. That is what you said. That'll teach you. Yep. yep. So totally touched the money there. Money there. Yep. You know, it's funny. And I, I also we all know intellectually that there's nothing to that. Yet, not only do we just casually react to that professionally in ways you'd say you got to be beyond that. We Andy Elric, who was my old producer at ESPN, who I just was in touch with, actually, because he got in touch with me for my birthday and it just reminded me of this. He told me. You know, back, the format was a little different then. We had stringers. Uh, I don't even know if they use those anymore. People had all the various games, and their job was to file reports, and then if something eventful happened, they would try to get a post-game guest for us. So it might, might be a pitcher who was, you know, went, went deep into the game with a no-hitter or even threw a no-hitter or a guy who had key hits or whatever. And the Yankees, I don't know, they're, they're pain in the ass anyway, but their PR guy, I forget who it was, was... Um, really unbelievable so Andy didn't know I mean it, and, and he was just doing his job and he basically it was like the sixth inning 
and um, you know, I don't know who it was. Guy was pitching a shutout, and he was like, "Hey, Tom, uh, not the guy's real name. Hey, Tom, if uh, you know when it's over, if they if it, it keeps going like this, can we get?" Schwenkenfelder as a post-game guest. All just, and mostly the other teams will say, yeah, or, you know, check back with me in the eighth inning, or sorry, he's not doing any This guy lost his mind. <laughs> you talk about embracing the don't touch the money syndrome. How dare you write that to me? Don't ever get in touch with me while the game's going on. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. I was like, dude, you do realize, you know, like when – I watched an entire Nick game in the playoffs one year on my knees on the floor backwards, watching it back through my legs because they were ahead, and then the other team made a run, and it was a big shot, and the guy took it, and I was so animated, I got out of the chair and was, you know, you just do that. You don't think about it. I got down on the floor, and I was watching it through my legs, and it went right in, and I felt, well, if I get up, they're going to start missing again. So I had to watch the. I was only 12, mind you, but still. Um, so I watched the whole fourth quarter from the floor and I you know and I said that's like I wanted to tell the guy deep in our heart of hearts we understand that doesn't really impact the game I hope you know that you jackass right right. but but this guy was always convinced that because we asked him for that we touched the money and you know and who's to say because now in hindsight I do blame you for the lion's demise I would I do I really do I think you you caused that yeah I probably did but like in terms of the game itself I didn't have an issue with the not kicking because, I mean, that's what Dan Campbell does. It's something. And like you said, analytically, it didn't really sway one way or the other. So, so because it didn't sway one way or the other, you were saying, why not play it safe? Get the points. Because uh, the, the game has a feel. Every game has a different anatomy. And that game was begging for something good for their team to happen, to get back on the rails. They had some points. They had so, uh, no, uh, they, but they had a lot of momentum. Um, at the time, and, uh, even even with it fleeting a little bit. So I was okay with that decision. What I didn't understand was why later in the game they ran it at first uh, or at like second and goal with David Montgomery with a really small package like in place. Like they didn't have a lot of extra blockers and he just got swallowed up and they had to use a timeout. And because of that, then they had to rely on the onside kick. That was the decision that really kind of had me scratching my head. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I listen, you got to have philosophies or you can't coach. I mean, because if you're not, you'll be all over the ma- all over the place. Like Will Wolford told me that Marv Levy, who went to four Super Bowls, he didn't win one, but he went to four Super Bowls. He'd be hard pressed to say the guy was unsuccessful. Um, he said if it was third or fourth down and two or more yards, he always threw, threw for it. He said he didn't think it was you, – you, and I, you know what? I kind of admire that because that's my thought. Why put all the fat guys in there and make as, as little room as possible and then – and I understand it's the machismo side of football. Oh, yeah, we're just going to bash you backwards and then we're going to run it. But the fact of the matter is there's, there's a lot of beef in there, a lot of beef. And so he would. He always thought it was better to. Maybe it was three yards. Might have been three yards. But he said you, you're not running for it there. So he was just. He was committed to that, and that's what they did. So um, you got to have. You know, you got to have something you're married to, like us, like for right now, that are, we're married to the fact that we never go later than 52 minutes after the hour for our bottom of the hour break. That's as far as we'll go. Right. And right. so man must have a code. Yeah. So that's our code. So we'll take that break and then we'll roll on. ESPN 680-1057. Taking care of your family isn't always easy. So we make sure getting care when you need it is. 
with Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. 